On this episode of Mixin' Some Magic, we're celebrating spooky season by talking about Disney myths, legends, and rumors. Let's try to separate fact from fiction. Hi, I'm Melissa with Mixin' Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Welcome, welcome. You may have heard that Disneyland has raised their ticket prices. Luckily, we knew this was coming so we could be emotionally prepared. I mean, I hope you knew this was coming. I feel like all I've been doing is trying to spread the word so that people could get park tickets before it happened and save some money. So this probably isn't a big surprise for you. Hopefully, you already have your park tickets if you're visiting soon. But if you don't, then don't freak out. You can still buy your park tickets at the old price through my travel partners at Getaway Today. For a very limited time, until October 20th to be exact, you can still buy your tickets at the old price. So if you're traveling to Disneyland this year or anytime in 2024, buy your tickets now so you can save some money. You may also have heard that Disney has announced a ticket sale for kids. For a limited time beginning October 24th, kids tickets will be $50 a day, which is a really great deal. For this sale, you must travel between January 8th and March 10th. So I know what you're thinking. Melissa, how can I buy my tickets now and lock in the old ticket price, but still get the deal on kids tickets later in October? Do I have to choose one or the other? No, you don't have to choose. You can have the best of both worlds. Guys, my partners at Getaway Today really are the best. I'm not just saying that. You can purchase your tickets through them at the old price until October 20th. Then on October 24th, when the Disney Kids Ticket Sale begins, just give them a call and tell them you'd like to apply the Kids Ticket Sale to your order and they'll refund you the difference. Amazing, right? So you can take advantage of the old prices and the Kids Ticket Sale. If you buy your tickets directly from Disney, you're going to pay more and if there's ever a sale that comes out after you buy your tickets, it's just, it's too bad for you. They're not going to give you a refund. I could go on and on about the perks of booking through Getaway today, but just know that they are the best and they offer you pricing and flexibility that purchasing through Disney just doesn't. Plus, they're a small family-owned business and I love shopping small. So if you book your vacations through big corporations like Disney or Costco or Theme Park Frog, you're just lining executives' pockets. But when you buy through Getaway Today, you're supporting a small business. You can find the link to book with Getaway Today in my show notes or you can call them at 1-855-GETAWAY. Just tell them Mix and Some Magic sent you to unlock the best deals. If you book a package with hotel and tickets, and I think you should to save the most money, you can use my code MIX10 to save an extra $10. There's a little bit of Disney news I want to report. 
There's a change coming to ticket reservations. Soon you'll be able to make park reservations 180 days in advance instead of 120 days. And this will be really nice for people trying to book flights and hotels. They'll be able to be a little more prepared sooner. So I think this is a great change. There's also some changes coming to Genie Plus at Disneyland. Starting sometime in November, they will be adding two new attractions into the Genie Plus system. Disneyland is adding Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and The Little Mermaid over in California Adventure. Now, no one is surprised that Runaway Railway is being added to Genie Plus, but it is a little surprising that Little Mermaid was added, especially since it's always such a short wait time anyways. But I guess it will be nice to have more Genie Plus options in the near future. All right, our episode today is a little spooky, hopefully. We're going to be talking about some of the most popular Disney myths, rumors, and legends. All of that right after the break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mixin' Some Magic. In this episode, we're peeling back the curtain to explore some of the most mind-boggling and spellbinding stories that have woven themselves into the fabric of Disney myths. So fasten your seatbelts and tug on that yellow strap as we embark on a magical journey and try to separate fact from fiction. It's time to unlock the vault of Disney's urban myths and legends. Are you ready? Let's dive in. But remember, not everything is as it seems in the world of Disney. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be spellbound by the stories that await. Did that sound spooky? <laughs> no? Well, I tried. Have you heard of the supposed policy that no deaths are allowed on Disney property? Supposedly, no one has ever officially died while inside the Disney parks because that would be bad business for Disney. Rumor has it that Disney policy strictly states that no one can be declared dead on Disney property. There's a book called Inside the Mouse, and in it, the author claims that a medic spilled the beans about this policy when a guest tragically ended their life in front of Disney World's Epcot Center back in 1992. But according to Snopes, it seems more likely that if someone gets seriously hurt, Disney rushes them off to a hospital, no matter how bad it looks, and the official pronouncement of their passing takes place there. There definitely have been deaths that have occurred on Disney properties, and I might do an episode about that later on. But to me, it seems like this isn't really an actual policy. In most cases, only a medical doctor is able to officially pronounce someone dead, so it's likely that paramedics and other emergency responders don't pronounce people dead on Disney property because they're hurrying to provide medical attention and they are not legally able to do so. Our next myth says that originally the Haunted Mansion was so scary that it actually scared someone to death. So here's the scoop on the Haunted Mansion. It officially opened its eerie doors in 1969, but the story goes that an earlier version of the ride was so scary that a poor unfortunate soul who got an early preview suffered a heart attack and met an untimely death. The legend has it that Disney decided to dial down the spookiness after that unfortunate incident to make sure that no one else got scared to death. But guess what? There's no actual proof that anyone has kicked the bucket inside the Haunted Mansion. So we're going to chalk that up to rumor. 
you've probably heard about some hush-hush secret spots tucked away in Disneyland. And I gotta tell you, some of these rumors are the real deal. There really are some secret rooms and places inside Disneyland. Take for instance Club 33. Nestled in the heart of New Orleans Square, it's like the ultimate VIP club. You can only visit if you're a member or invited by a member. I hear the food and the vibe is pretty spectacular, but I have yet to visit there myself. Maybe someday. If you'd like to become a member, you'd better be ready to drop some serious cash. Disneyland keeps the actual cost of being a member under wraps, and even their website just directs you to send an email inquiry. Word on the street is that initiation fees start at a cool $30,000, and that doesn't cover the yearly membership fee, which is around $12,000. And keep in mind, meals are not included in that price. So that room does exist, or that club does exist. There's also a secret room inside Lamplight Lounge called The Office that isn't advertised, but if you have a larger group of about 10 to 12, you might be seated there. I've eaten there a few times and it's pretty fun. The door is a vault that you have to turn the crank to get access into the small dining room inside. And then the room has a private balcony on the water that faces Incredicoaster and it's pretty fun. So that secret room does exist. Lastly, there's the Disneyland Dream Suite, which is a lavish secret spot above the Pirates of the Caribbean that Walt Disney himself had in mind for his family. Sadly, he passed away before it was finished. Disney used this space for offices, storage, and an art gallery for years, but they recently finished it the way that it was designed by Walt and his wife Lillian. And I actually got a chance to tour the Dream Suite recently. So I can tell you that it does exist and it's completely gorgeous. Now anyone can rent the space out for a private, very expensive dinner. I think I remember being told that the dinner for 12 was $19,000. Now staying here is very, very exclusive. The celebrity narrator of the holiday candlelight processional often stays there. They get to choose between staying in the Dream Suite at Disneyland above Pirates of the Caribbean or staying in a suite at California Adventure. And I can tell you, if I ever get to be the celebrity narrator for the Candlelight Processional at Disneyland, which I realize is a long shot, I'm definitely choosing the Dream Suite. But occasionally Disney will do a giveaway and the winner gets to stay in the Dream Suite, although I haven't seen that happen in years. But it has happened. This suite is incredibly luxurious, and I just felt lucky to be able to tour it. I can't even imagine what it would be like to stay there. So those rooms, those secret rooms, definitely all exist around Disney, and I think a lot of people walk by not ever knowing that they're there. Have you heard that Walt Disney's body or head is frozen and buried somewhere around Disneyland? <laughs> yes? No? No? <laughs> The story goes that as soon as technology catches up, then he will be brought back to life. That's the story. All right, let's get straight to the point here. Walt Disney isn't chilling out in some cryogenic freezer and his frozen body or head definitely isn't hiding under the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. In reality, he passed away back in 1966 due to lung cancer 
and a couple of days later he was cremated. So all those rumors about him being in a deep freeze are just that, rumors. Now you might be wondering where this myth came from. Well, it seems to trace back to an interview in 1972 with Bob Nelson, who was the big shot over at the Cryonic Society of California. In this interview, he mentioned that Disney had shown some interest in the whole freezing thing, but he was super clear that it never actually happened. As for Walt's final resting place, you can find his ashes at the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Glendale, California. They didn't sprinkle his remains all over Disneyland or anything like that. Now, let's talk about the mini basketball court up inside the top of the Matterhorn. Have you heard about this? Yep, it's an actual thing. But don't expect to host an NBA tournament up there or anything like that. It's more like a cozy corner for some free throws. It's not even a half court size. So contrary to popular belief, Disney didn't build it to dodge Anaheim's height limit for structures. There's a rumor going around that they put a basketball court in the top of the Matterhorn because Anaheim would only let sports complexes be as high as they wanted the Matterhorn to be. So they're like, good, we'll put a basketball court up there and then we can dodge their rules. That is definitely not true. It was just a smart suggestion from an employee on what to do with the unused top third of the Matterhorn ride since the bobsleds don't venture up that high. They threw up a basketball hoop so employees who are on breaks can just shoot some hoops. Alright, let's dive into one of Disneyland's spookiest urban legends. The tale of a real deal corpse lurking in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Now, this attraction has been a breeding ground for rumors and this one's a doozy. Legend has it that when Imagineers were putting this swashbuckling adventure together, they decided that the fake bones they had on hand just weren't convincing enough. So what were they going to do? Well, the story goes that they raided UCLA's medical school for some genuine human bones. Now, according to the lore, these real skeletons were placed all around the ride. One was placed guarding his treasure, a pair were locked in a never-ending chess game, and another met his unfortunate end with a sword. And the creepiest part? These skeletons apparently hung around for years until they were eventually swapped out for artificial ones. And now, the story goes that all of the bones and skeletons we see on pirates are fake. But, here's where things get really spooky. Some folks believe that the skull and crossbones set into the bed in the captain's quarters scene are the real deal. The rumor is that those bones never got swapped out for fake ones. There's even a supposed tale from a cast member who spilled the beans on video claiming that, yep, the skull is real. I've seen the video. The cast member does say it's real. However... I have it on pretty good authority from a Disneyland employee who works closely with the attractions that they are not real. But it does look different than all the other skulls on the whole, the whole attraction. So why does it look different? Why does that skull and those bones look so different than all the other ones? I don't know. It does look real. I'm undecided about this one and I think I kind of want to believe it's real. So I'm not sure. There are a lot of stories about people spreading the ashes of loved ones around Disney parks, especially on the Haunted Mansion. Now, I'm not sure if those stories are true, 
but I have heard from a couple of people who have told me that they've personally spread ashes of loved ones in the moat around Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland. So that is an actual thing. I did a quick Google search and discovered that you need written permission to spread ashes on private property if you are not the property owner. And I'm guessing that Disney isn't giving out written permission, so it's probably best to spread your loved one's ashes somewhere else. Here's a fun Disneyland tale for you. The urban legend goes that Disney brought in a bunch of cats to tackle their pesky rodent problem, which is a little bit ironic if you think about it. But let's set the record straight. That's not exactly how it went down. What's true is that there is indeed a colony of cats that call Disneyland home. Did you know this? There's actually cats that live at Disneyland. So here's the backstory. Walt Disney himself stumbled upon these feline residents when they wandered into the building that would later become Sleeping Beauty Castle attraction while Disneyland was being built. Now, these cats, being natural hunters and not causing any harm, got the green light to stay in the park. They're well taken care of, they're given food and shelter and even spaying and neutering when possible. Now from what I can find, it's estimated that there are around 200 or so cats that live at Disneyland. They're mostly night owls though, so catching a glimpse of one during the day is like finding a hidden Mickey. You're really probably not going to see them. I have seen a few cats during the day on my Disneyland visits though, so that's pretty fun. So if you see a cat at Disneyland, you can count yourself as pretty lucky, but they do actually exist. And I think there's even an Instagram account dedicated to the cats of Disneyland. People have named them and everything, so you can check that out. Okay, picture this. You're on the Haunted Mansion, you're cruising in your doom buggy through the graveyard scene, and you get to the point where you see those singing busts. And one of them is knocked down and on the ground, but they are singing their little hearts out. But wait a second. If you look closely at them, you might see one that looks familiar. Is one of those singing busts actually Walt Disney? That's the rumor. Well, no. It's not. But if you have ever thought that, you are not alone because one does look quite a lot like Walt Disney, but it is not. This myth has been making the rounds and plenty of folks at the parks have sworn that it's Walt himself there singing to them. But here's the twist. That guy that looks like Walt Disney is actually Thurl Ravenscroft. Now, Thurl Ravenscroft was well known as one of the voices behind Kellogg's Frosted Flakes commercial, Tony the Tiger. You remember that? They're great. That's him. And he also did the voice for the song, You're the Mean One, Mr. Grinch, from the classic television special. So if his voice sounds familiar, and once you know that he's the voice of Tony the Tiger and that song, when you hear that him singing on the Haunted Mansion, you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's totally his voice. But that is his face also. <laughs> Another rumor that has been going around is one I call the Andy's coming rumor. So maybe you've seen this picture of Woody and Jesse from Toy Story at one of the Disney parks lying on the ground. And in the caption, it suggests that if you yell Andy's coming, then the Toy Story characters at the parks just drop on the ground and lay down like they're toys. Have you seen this picture? Have you heard this rumor? 
it sounds like fun, right? To try it and see if the characters actually do that. Well, here's the real deal. They won't actually flop down if you yell, Andy's coming. I do think there's a tiny nugget of truth here, though, because I've talked to some cast members who have said that there was a time when the characters did play along with this. But once that meme went viral, they had to pump the brakes because every other person was yelling, Andy's coming. So, you know, it doesn't make sense. Characters can't be throwing themselves on the ground all day long. So who knows for sure, but that picture you saw might just be a glimpse into a brief quirky chapter of Disney history. Have you heard this wild, crazy tale that if a hurricane is on its way to Florida, then Disney can supposedly dismantle Cinderella's castle piece by piece like a big Lego construction and put it away to keep it safe. That's an actual rumor that people say is true. Now, Disney creates some really amazing things. I'm aware of this, but this is just, this one's too much. Honestly, see, when they built the castle in Florida, they knew that Florida had bad weather. They knew Florida had hurricanes, and so they made sure that the castle could hold its own. I mean, that just makes sense, right? Every inch of that castle is fortified. It's got a sturdy steel frame and concrete, and then they put fiberglass and plaster. I don't, I don't know what they made it out of, but it's strong, and hurricanes have come and gone, and the castle's still standing, they definitely don't take it apart. <laughs> I recently heard a rumor that I thought was pretty crazy, that during the height of the Cold War, Disneyland built bomb shelters underground all around Disneyland to protect guests, and they're operational today and ready to go in case of emergency. Every single guest at Disneyland can go into these bomb shelters and be safe. This is definitely not true. How in the world would Disney build a bomb shelter big enough to house all of the guests at one time? It just doesn't make sense. So while Disney parks do have security and safety measures for large-scale events, I mean, the parks were evacuated in under 30 minutes on 9-11, which is pretty amazing. They do not have specific bomb shelters, so I'm calling that one, um, fake. Now, have you heard the rumor that cast members on It's a Small World don't turn the dolls off at night? Supposedly, they just leave them running all night long in the dark because it takes so much time to power them back on. And so, to save time, they just leave them running. They turn off the lights and they turn off the music, but the dolls just like slowly move in the dark all night long. I heard this and... I wasn't sure. I'm like, maybe. I don't know. They were made a long time ago. Maybe that's true. So I had to investigate myself and I talked to several cast members who work on the It's a Small World attraction and each of them looked at me as if I'd completely lost my mind and that was the craziest thing they'd ever heard. And they assured me that they do in fact turn off all the animatronics at night. So I'm going to call this one a complete myth, although I do kind of like it. Here's one more interesting Disney story for you. When Walt Disney created an apartment in Disneyland above the fire station, he set it up with all the basics, including a little kitchen and a lamp in front of the window. Now, there's a legend around this lamp. Tell me if you think this is true. This lamp had a special role. 
It was kind of like a secret signal for Disney's cast members. Whenever Walt was in the park, he'd flip the lamp on, and this let cast members know that the boss was on the property. And when he left, then he would switch it off. Now, supposedly, the morning after Walt Disney passed away, as the cast members arrived for work, they found that the lamp was mysteriously switched on, and no one had touched it. But there it was, shining brightly, and from that day on, the lamp was left on in honor of Walt and his legacy. Now, I'm not sure if that story is true or not, but the lamp in the window is actually left on to honor the memory of Walt Disney. That part is true. I hope it's true. Wouldn't that be a cool story? I think it would be awesome. I hope you enjoyed these Disney rumors, myths, and urban legends. I hope it adds a little Disney magic to your Halloween season. I finally got my Halloween decorations up, better late than never, and last weekend I hosted a Disney fan's Halloween party at East High where High School Musical was filmed, and it was so much fun. Just about everyone turned up in costume, and we danced the night away. It was so great. This week isn't looking so great. I have to go to the dentist, and I really hate the dentist, but it's time, so I'm going to be brave, and I'm going to do it. But I am not looking forward to that. I hope you have something better than a visit to the dentist planned for your week. Thank you so much for being here and spending a little bit of your day with me. I appreciate your support. You're the best. I'll be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.